We'll, we'll read without music right now. Luke 24. Uh, this morning I want to speak just a few minutes on making sense. Anything in your life you'd like the Lord to make sense of? Making sense. Uh, Luke 24 and verse 13. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus. Seven miles. Someone say seven miles out of Jerusalem. They were going the wrong way. They were facing the sunset when God was trying to get them to face the sunrise. They were walking away. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. And suddenly Jesus came to them along and joined them and walked beside them. I'm reading from the NLT, so I might be messing you up. Walking beside them, but they didn't know who he was because God kept them from recognizing him. He said to them, you seem, in red, to be in a deep discussion about something. What are you so concerned about? Look at your neighbor and say, what are you so concerned about? He holds your life in his hands this morning. <laughs> We're just saying that. What are you so concerned about? Reading on down, next verse, they stopped short, sadness written across their face. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened here and happened in these last few days. What things, Jesus asked. They go on to tell him for time, sake of time. I'll share that later. Drop down to verse 28. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus. They were walking with Jesus, and they were the end of their journey. Jesus would have gone on, but they begged him to stay the night with him since it was getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took a small loaf of bread, asked God's blessings on it, broke it, and then gave it to them. Suddenly, someone say suddenly, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. <laughs> at that moment, he disappeared. In verse 32, then they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back. Lift one hand to heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus, we welcome your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you're here. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to speak things I don't speak. I pray for you to be the voice within the voice. I welcome you into my weakness. I welcome you into my inadequacy. I welcome you, Holy Spirit, just to speak your truth to your people. I love you, sir. With all my heart, I love you. And I love your people, and I know you love them more. So to every person, speak into the secret places of their heart and encourage them. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. You may be seated in his presence. Today is St. Patrick's Day. Anybody know that? Angel came bouncing into my office this morning to ask me something. He said, you have on pink. You were supposed to wear green. And I said, oh, I forgot that memo. But I did print something that is very powerful. This morning, I, uh, that's attributed to St. Patrick. I'll read that in a moment. But this morning, I want to talk about making sense. Jesus making sense out of things in your life. I don't know about you, but I've got some things I need the Lord to make sense of. Am I the only one? I have got some things I need Him to suddenly appear in areas of my life. I'm not talking about you, my kids, my husband, my brother, my granny. I'm talking about me. Anybody else wave a hand and let the angels take a snapshot. I need Him to make sense of some things in my life. And uh, I, what I love about this passage, not only did he make sense 
out of what they could not make sense of. Uh Uh-huh, we'll talk about that in a moment. But he also, within an hour, had them going the right direction. Within the hour after he made the revelation of who he was, they were walking toward the sunrise, Emmaus, when the sunset of Jerusalem, the promise where God said, this is where I'm going to meet you. This is where I'm going to come. But things got in the way and they started walking toward a sunset. Uh-huh. There are many of us in this room today that we have moments, maybe this is one of those moments. We have times in our life that we may not physically walk away from where God has sent us, but we may start walking in our emotions, in our faith, in our belief toward what we believe is without question a sunset coming, meaning the day is done. When God is saying through Jesus in this passage, and I'll get to in a moment, God is doing something bigger than you can imagine. God is doing something deeper than you can comprehend. God is going higher and longer and wider and farther than you can comprehend in your life. It's not time for a sunset walk. It's time for a sunrise walk. A walk, come on somebody, come on somebody. A walk that says, I know in whom I have believed in and I know that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him. Can you look at your neighbor and say, walk toward the sunrise. Come on, say, walk toward the sunrise. The Lorica, I wanted to read to you this morning. This is my St. Patrick's gift when you leave the building. Not right now, but they'll be on the back little table. You can take one home. I discovered this years ago through one of my favorite authors, John Ortberg, and it's attributed to St. Patrick. And this is what he wrote. He, this was the Lorica. This was the oath by which he lived in and lived by. And I've tried to quote this over myself in hard and in good times of my life. He said, I arise today through God's strength to pilot me. God's might to uphold me, God's wisdom to guide me, God's eye to look before me, God's ear to hear for me, God's word to speak for me, God's hand to guard me, Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, and Christ when I sit down, and guess what? Christ when I arise. Christ, I love this part, in the heart of everyone who thinks of me. That's hard sometimes, isn't it? Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me. Christ in every eye that sees me. And Christ in every ear that hears me. I arise today through a mighty strength, the invocation of the Trinity. St. Patrick arose by an invocation of the Trinity and you and I arise by an invitation of the Trinity to arise and go in the strength of the Lord. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise and there's your gift. I love it that within the hour, Jesus shows up. There's a lot of chatter going up. Now, years ago, chatter didn't mean that much to us, Wendy. Uh, Chatter was just something we talked about Wednesday night. This morning, I was encouraged to hear chatter in the lobby. I was back in my office, very few hours of sleep under my belt. We were struggling with the system, and I was trying to get things together, and I heard the lovely sound of chatter coming from the lobby. And it was the girls from Hope House, and they were, welcome to the Church of the Harvest. They had a little speech they were making, and 
And then Al Mango was talking to them and it was just the lovely sound of fellowship. There's a lovely sound to chatter. Come on, somebody. Unless you've ever been in quite a long time, you can't identify. I love quiet, but too much quiet makes one crazy. Come on, somebody. But then there's the other kind of chatter. We didn't really know, Chris Vernon, what chatter was back in the day when we used to just walk in with all of our friends to get on a plane and your mama, your granny, your Aunt Bessie, your Bobby, your friend, your dog could walk you to the gate and give you a big hoopla going goodbye. And it was a just hurrah, hurrah. They've taken all the fun out of flying now. They had to because of chatter. Because since 911, we've began to know that when there's an increase of chatter in terrorist cell, when the FBI and the CIA and the different government agencies begin to pick up a lot of chatter on their streamline or on their communication devices, they begin to heighten our alert. Code orange goes to red or whatever that elevation is. I don't know this morning, but they begin to change the color and they say, we know, we wouldn't know, but we know now that there's a lot of chatter going on which means there's a heightened terrorist alert that something is happening in the world that they're coming let me encourage you today these two all they're hearing walking on the Emmaus Road is a lot of chatter they think some people are crazy the the, the Pharisees are saying Jesus's body is stolen there's chatter going on all over Jerusalem and let me tell you something they begin to walk the opposite direction but what they didn't realize in your life and in my life when the chatter increases when the enemy begins to talk a lot about us and begin to say things I wouldn't know that I was so important to the kingdom if somebody hadn't hated me so much I didn't think I was anybody I just clean commodes get a word from the Lord cook dinner for my family light the candles be there with my, my babies my husband love him love them I wouldn't have known I was anybody unless somebody had started chattering about me but when they begin to chatter when they chatter about you when they say you'll always be a drug addict when they say you'll always be poor when you think you want to try again the chatter will say you tried to start a business before what makes you think you can start a business now we've got to get to the point that the chatter does not discourage us but it's a heightened awareness that there's a terrorist attack from Lucifer and the imps that live beneath that want to stop your destiny somebody give God a shout of praise in this house and they're walking away Ashley from their destiny they're walking away Susan from the way they should be going they're walking away because the conflict got too great conflict will always happen chatter will always be present everywhere you go and whatever you do chatter will never stop and here are these two. And what I love so much about them is that they're talking about God. They're talking about what bothers them. And Jesus shows up. I don't know about you, but they, they didn't even call upon him. Come on, somebody. I mean, in their hearts, they're talking. Sometimes merely... I'll use an example. Becky Kaufman and I, who does not carry a bat, you that missed Wednesday night, you're just you're on the wrong page. But who, if Becky Kaufman and I are talking about God, as long as we are not talking the devil's language, which is negativity, it's purely the devil's language. As long as we are not talking negative, but we're talking our issues according to the word of God with each other, guess what? The Bible says in the book of Malachi that those that feared the Lord began to talk to one another. And in, the, in his presence, a scroll was 
taken out and our names were written in his presence because I began to talk oh am I in pain absolutely am I in trouble absolutely is there conflict on this winding road absolutely there is no straight road on the road to heaven it's not only narrow but it's curvy it's curvy so in those places of conflict in this Emmaus walk on times in your life that things don't make sense it's at that time your faith becomes strong your faith gets refined you find inside of yourself a deposit of God you never knew it was there you find within yourself answers remedy and you also find compassion and you find the pure love of God for those walking through the same thing thank God for the curvy road and the chatter of the terrace because it defines our skills to look up to the heavens from whence our help comes from our help comes from the Lord the maker of the heaven and the earth he does not slumber or sleep the Lord is at my right shade and I shall not be moved the Lord is my street the Lord is my high tower and I'm gonna walk all the way to the sunrise that is coming somebody give the Lord a shout of praise Whoa! thank you Jesus but I love that he showed up well, what are they feeling I just always see us here in these two people I see you and I in our disappointments Al I see the things that we can't understand or explain I see the grief of my oh maybe I'm the only human in this house the rest of you from Star Trek otherwise we've all had those moments disappointment run amok they said we had hoped Danielle they said we had hoped that he was the Messiah uh, it's funny church they don't say that he was the Messiah but they said we had hoped he was a good man they tell Jesus who they cannot recognize he was a good man doing miracles he was a good man but the Pharisees hated him, and they have killed him what I love is that they're talking to each other and they're talking to Jesus in their disappointments don't talk to people that can't do nothing about what you're going through don't call up your old buddy when you got depressed you'd call them up so they could get in depression with you don't call up your fearful buddy if you're in fear come on don't call up your discouraged buddy if you're discouraged call up somebody like Christine stood by pastor AC call up somebody that's got some remedy and got some answer you may have to chatter and talk a long time but in that moment you're gonna find you know what what we had hoped had not happened but in that moment you're gonna meet Christ and whenever you meet Christ whenever you speak the word you're gonna see Christ and you're gonna see a resurrection and let me tell you something wherever Christ is there's a resurrection it means somebody's gonna get up and somebody's gonna get out somebody's gonna get over what they could not get over and somebody's gonna get loosed from what they could not loose I'm telling you one thing when you get in the presence of Jesus miracles happen give him another praise in this house and here they are in their disappointments here they are in their fear those unanswered questions those things we can't make sense of how do you make sense they're saying to each other that our Lord and our Savior who they now call a good man in their fear and their doubt it's amazing in moments of fear and doubt what we begin to call God's work and God's miracle in that moment of unbelief we all have them and I think if nothing else we I'm saying this to ease your pain this morning and to ease mine 
this brother, many believe it was a man and a wife, but we won't argue that. I, I believe it was according to they went to the same house. But anyway, here's these two disciples walking away from where they should have been. Here are these two disciples in doubt and unbelief after they had traveled with him. They were one of the disciples. We know that because at the end of the passage, they end up back with all of them. When in this moment, they're full of doubt and unbelief. You know what? You need to give yourself a break. You will have moments of doubt. You will have moments of unbelief. Things don't add up. Things don't make sense. Things hurt. Things are hard to figure out. Things are like a puzzle piece. As I said to my dear friend yesterday, a dear friend is going through something, a female pastor, if I had tea leaves out, I'd get them out and read them, though I've never read tea leaves and I put no stock in them. If I, I've never used the occult, but if I had a way to peer into what you're going through and get the answer you need right now, I would get it for you. But what I do know, when answers aren't enough, there is Jesus. When answers aren't enough, when there's no remedy, when there's no big solution, nobody can write you a discourse. This is why you're going through what you're going this is why you faced what you faced when no one can bring those answers to you when answers aren't enough there's Jesus I've told you before it's coming back to me I have a short message I'm just when I when Courtney was born with a congenital heart defect and I had prayed every day for that baby from the minute she was conceived I had prayed I'd written a long litany of prayers for that baby and, and, and as specific things of God and when she was born with a congenital heart defect my world came crashing weak mother with a baby right then they rushed away from me with paramedics to Chattanooga found her problem Pastor Hank and my daddy and my brother-in-law went with him and prayed and that's a whole nother story but laying in that bed was so weak went through weeks of having to visit heart doctors week of weeks of procedures and she wasn't gaining weight she wasn't taking to the formula she was such a tiny 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 little thing and finally the heart surgeon said I've got to do surgery now or this child is not going to survive so at nine weeks weighing eight or twelve weeks weighing eight or nine pounds all she was taken in to intensive care at Vanderbilt and heart surgeon they stopped her body and they took her little heart out which was the size of a pecan I think pastor right a walnut they took it out of her body and they did open heart surgery I remember sitting in that room at Vanderbilt every doctor that would come in I would ask him the same question just somebody make sense of this I mean what did what happened some really religious person tried to say it's because in pastor's background back when he was living for the devil he did drugs but then another doctor said no there's no way in fact most everything comes from you and later I've learned it does come a cell confuses in the woman's body from a flu or a spring is what I heard but at that time no one had the answers and and every doctor said we don't know we don't know why this happens it's a miracle when the heart is good it's such a complex little organ that it's a miracle we don't know and I remember sitting one morning rocking her pastor on gone on to preach. I was at Vanderbilt still in a room with her and rocking her in my gown up all night, all day, crying, holding this baby. And I remember that moment, a sovereign moment happened. A moment I could not have planned. You don't charter sovereign moments. You don't schedule them. We've got to leave room in our life for Jesus to appear suddenly and explain some things to us. He doesn't come on my schedule. Anybody else with me? He doesn't come when I think he should come and explain everything I can't make sense of. He seems to choose his own moment just like this moment. He walked toward them suddenly knowing that they were disheartened. They couldn't make sense. And sitting there, it's like a, a breeze blew in. Though it wasn't that mystical. It's just in the quietness of the moment I was just singing to the Lord in that dark room in that early morning at Vanderbilt and the Holy Spirit said I'm not giving you any answers right now and I was just thinking sir you healed my marriage you saved my husband you reunited us after three years you've sent us to the world with this gospel why would this happen 
Why won't you make sense of this for me? He said, I'm not making sense right now, but just let you know you live in a fallen world where things happen and things go wrong. But he says, I want to tell you something. And then it's just like all of a sudden he said, is Jesus enough? Can I be enough for you was what Jesus was saying. If I don't answer what you cannot figure out, can I, the person, the healer, the resurrected Jesus, be enough in your moments of brokenness? Can my presence come in to the places in your heart that are full of fear and doubt that you do not understand? Can I come into those places and somehow make sense of what no doctor or theologian, let me tell you something, resurrection is not a theology resurrection is a person when people cannot explain when a seminary when bishop jakes joel hen joel hen sorry i got that confused benny hen or joel osteen when none of them can give you the answers in that moment because they don't have them can jesus the lord of all lords and the king of all kings who has taken death into the center of the universe and crush it can he be enough for you if you believe it give him a praise in this house Am I enough? Jesus is saying to them in a moment. That's what he's going to say in the last little part of this message. Can I be enough for you? Can the person of who I am make sense of things that don't make sense? Can my presence be enough for you? That's why we consistently try to create an atmosphere that you can come into the presence of the Lord through singing, through communion, through prayer. Because we know what we cannot fix. What we cannot answer, He can. What we cannot remedy, what a psychologist or anyone else can do, He can. And I love those moments. Maybe this week you will have one of those moments. Maybe in upcoming time, Cherish, you will have one of those moments. Maybe, Gail, you will have one of those moments soon when Jesus will come along because what he says to them is he opens up Scripture, reads a lot out of Psalms 22, and he explains, he said, didn't you know? They still don't know it's Jesus. But he said, didn't you know it was written this would happen? Didn't you know? And isn't that what the Lord still says to us? Didn't I tell you you'd be persecuted? Didn't I tell you you'd go through hard times? Didn't I tell you things would happen you didn't understand? Didn't I tell you your heart would be broken? Didn't I tell you that people you would hurt would hurt you? Didn't I tell you you would, you would stumble and you would fall and there would be things that would happen? And he begins to explain, didn't I say to this? So he says, didn't this man Jesus tell you? And he begins to go to Genesis. I would love this kind of walk. And I'd love to stay right here, a Bible student that I am, a novice. But oh, how I'd love to do it since I was four. I would love to just preach for hours and days until you all fall out of windows and fall into comas. And just preach and preach about this right here. When Jesus preaches his own life to these two when he goes back to Genesis and he proves to them, he said all of this was going to happen. Why are you so freaked out? Why are you walking away from where God called you? Why are you wanting to give up in your heart on that marriage, on that financial dream, on that job, on that prosperity? Why? He said this was going to happen. Jesus begins to preach about himself all the way from Genesis up to Malachi. He's preaching about himself, every prophecy, every prediction. I'd love to have heard him when he said, it said that there would be no bones broken. Were there bones broken on Calvary? 
Calvary and they would have to say, no, no bones were broken. I believe he preached every one of his prophecies. But let me tell you something. You don't have to go to that moment. The Word of God preaches the living Christ that is written. He is the Word in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. The Word of God speaks to you and I and explains things that we cannot have explained. Somebody give the Word Jesus a hand clap of praise in this house. Look at your neighbor and say, he can make sense. He can make sense. Look at your neighbor and say, he can make sense. And I love that moment. I remember when, I love that moment when Jesus or the Holy Spirit shows up through a song. What do you mean, Pastor Rhonda? I love it when new Christians are around because they, um, they kind of get you to talk more simple, which is what we need to do. What do you mean? Did Jesus come in through a window? Did he appear through the skillet? Did God come walking on top of the roof? No, it just means a moment when you sensed somebody smarter than you, somebody greater than you, somebody wiser than you touched your heart and you're, you knew. You don't know how you knew. You just knew he said it's going to be all right. You just knew he was speaking peace. You may have been listening to a song on the radio going down the road. You may have been in your shower and it just came to you. It may have been helping somebody else. It doesn't matter what you're doing, but he came to you. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he comes. Neighbor, he comes. And in that moment, I believe he comes to say what he said to these two. I was with you every moment because they didn't recognize him. He's walking with them. They're pouring out. If you'll come help me, Pastor AC. They're pouring out their discouragement. I still got about 15 more minutes, but I want to complain. They're pouring out their discontentment. They're pouring out the things they can't understand. And what they don't know is the whole time, someone say the whole time, Jesus was with them. In every moment, Jesus was with them. In every moment of long this journey, I remember going through my healing, my own Hope House experience. Um, I'm always embarrassed to say in the presence of recovering addicts, but I left my husband because he was a drug addict. I just realized the other day what an oxymoron that is and how kind of embarrassed I am to say that today now that I help recovering people. Because Pastor Hank always had a heart for addicts. I didn't. But in the last few years, the Lord has challenged me, and it's embarrassing to say. But I did. I left my husband over drugs. And I walked away, and for three years we were divorced. But when the Lord healed me, I'm not getting into that. That's another testimony. There was a moment when the Lord just gave me my own Emmaus walk. And he said something so powerful to me. I was being healed, and excavation was going on in my heart. Digging up of horrible, sad places and things that didn't make sense. You know, he didn't give me a big explanation at that time either, Pastor David. But he said this. After a time that I'd walked through my old house, I'm not going to tell right now, but at the end, he looked at, at me through a vision where my friend was praying, who's now a pastor in Florida, and he said, Rhonda, I was with you every moment. You thought I was. He said, Rhonda, when your phones were disconnected, and you thought the heavens were brass, and you said, where are you, Lord? He said, I was there. He said, how could I recount to you in these moments of healing what truly happened to you if I had not been there? I saw every tear that you cried. I heard every prayer that you prayed. And he said, I've come now to heal you. I think Emmaus Rose are those moments when the Lord says, I know, Kimmy, I was with you. I know, Chris, I was with you. I know it seemed like you're kind of pushing through with your own strength, but you were not. There was an angel with his hand on your shoulder that you could not see. Like who put his hand on Daniel's shoulder 
and said, Daniel, Daniel, come here, Pastor Todd. Face the congregation, if you would, please, sir. An angel put his hand on Daniel's shoulder and said, Daniel, I was with you every moment. Daniel, I heard every cry. Daniel, I was on my way. In fact, the Bible says that the angel said, since the first time you set your heart to understand, the Lord sent the answer. From the first moment, my brothers and sisters, that we set our heart to understand something we cannot understand in our life, Jesus sends the answer. But sometimes it gets blocked. This answer was blocked by Gabriel being warred by Satan in the heavenlies. Oh, the drama is intense. That's another message going on in the heavenlies that Daniel couldn't see. Gabriel was fighting the prince of Persia, which was Lucifer, trying to get the word to Daniel to say, it's going to be all right, Daniel. From the first time you set your heart to understand, from the first time you spoke my name, the Lord God loves you. This is so beautiful to me. When he says, Daniel, you are greatly loved. You're beloved, Daniel. Daniel didn't feel loved. Just like you and I and the things that don't make sense. I don't feel very loved, Jehovah. We've all said it. You, some of you may be saying it now. I don't feel very loved. And those words to me when spoken to Daniel speak and echo into every heart in this room this morning. You are greatly loved. You are greatly loved. These things written in Scripture, Tiffany, they're so you will see yourself as a Daniel. So you will see the drama that goes on behind the curtain that this drama that we see pales in comparison to what's going on in the supernatural realm where the Lord is trying to get a message to you. You are dearly loved and not forgotten. He said, from the first moment that you set your heart to understand, I sent the word. Thank you, Pastor Todd. Can you wave a hand to the Lord for his great love for you or clap? It don't matter. Just say, I thank you, Lord. Psalms 56 and 8 9 says, you have collected my tears in your bottle. If my tears didn't matter to him, he would never collect them. If my tears did not move him, if the times that you and I weep when things don't make sense, these two people walk on the Emmaus Road, things did not make sense. He says, I gather them. To Cornelius in the book of Acts, he said, you know what? Your prayers have come up as a memorial. I mentioned this Wednesday night, which memorial in the Greek means you've been marked, Cornelius. I know you didn't think your prayers were getting answered. But they're a memorial before the Lord, Lord being raised up before the Lord Jesus, being raised up before Him. Meaning, Cornelius, from the first time you prayed, visit my household, God. Visit my children. Visit my spouse. Visit my my relatives. Visit my community. You were marked for a blessing. There was just a period of time when things didn't make sense. Oh, I thank the Lord that there's moments that He comes on the scene to make sense. Can anybody give God a shout of praise in this house? As we wind down, Cornelius and his family got saved. So here are these two on the road. Reminds me of the pain they're going through. The pain. Pastors, we understand. Anyone that's ever tried to help anybody, understand it. They're hurt. I love that Jesus appears to them. Dr. R.T. Kendall says that in his book, I love this statement, that the Holy Ghost lets the stigma of Jesus' resurrection just exist through all generations. Did you know it says in the book, 
that they said that the disciples stole the body and that rumor is still told today. Let me tell you something. That rumor is still told that Jesus did not resurrect from the grave. Jesus didn't worry about that. Who did he appear to? He didn't go to the Pharisee's door. He didn't go to the chief. Oh, I'd have gone to scribe, pulled every hair of his beard out of his head. I'd have gone up to those Roman soldiers and said, woohoo, look who's alive. Woohoo, look who's living. Look who stomped the guts out of Lucifer. Woohoo, look what you were wrong about. Woohoo, let me just show you some heavenly magic. Let me show you that I'm alive. You thought I was a dead, but I'm alive. But guess what? Guess what? He didn't appear. He didn't appear to the soldiers. He didn't appear to Pilate. He didn't appear to Herod. He didn't appear to any of them to set the record straight. He appeared to those called by his name to say, I am alive. Love it. Love it. So here they are. They are. Just like Moses. They're burning, but they hadn't been consumed. Here they are going the wrong way, just like Moses in the desert after 40 years, and he sees the bushes burning. Remember when they said our hearts were burning in us when he talked? Some of us just need to get a burn in our hearts. Come on, somebody. We just need to get a burn, a burn. Good burn in our hearts. And Moses saw the bush burning, and he said, what are you? It wasn't a, it wasn't a weird thing. It was burning. It was a word. It was not consumed. He said, "You there you are, and you're not consumed. And guess what? The bush could have looked back at Moses and said, there you are. You might have been burnt a few times, but you are not consumed. There is still hope for your future. You see, these two are in pain. You get in pain, but the pain subsides when the passion comes back. Because it says in Genesis, let me just say this for all of you women. It says that God said to the first woman, Eve, in great travail, you will bring forth your children. Now, I remember the first time, Pastor Connie, I realized the real facts of life. Come on, somebody. Anybody remember that moment? I remember that moment that I saw my first science film about how a baby would emerge out of a woman's body. I remember my mother picked me up at Mayfield Elementary. I walked out to the car with a sorrowful face and a troubled heart. I got into the seat. I'd like to say I put my seatbelt on, but we didn't wear seatbelts back that day, people. People just flopped around inside of cars. Anybody remember the good old days? Got in the car, shut the door. I said, Mama, I need to talk to you about something. She was always there for me. She said, what is it, baby? I said, Mama, I saw something today. How in the world did you ever have me? After Renee, why did you continue to bring another child into the earth? How did you even do that again? And listen, this is what my mom said. There was such great and amazing wisdom. She said, you know what, baby? It was pretty ugly, wasn't it? I said, yes, ma'am. I ain't never going to do that, mama. I ain't going to do it. I said, well, let me tell you something. I said, after you have that baby, you go through all that pain. You forget the travail. You forget the pain. And then desire comes again. When God said to the woman, you shall bring forth a child in great travail, he also said, but your desire shall be for your husband. Because you know, after Eve had that first baby, Pastor Connie, we know what she said to him. Don't you even come near me. You stay on that side of the garden. I'm on this side of the garden. Or in the, you just stay there. Because last time you came a-walking, well, something came a-talking. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, that's a good little post. Anyway. 
Because sometimes, I'm going to get back to preaching here, so don't think I'm going into a comedy routine. Sometimes when great pain comes, Jesus was saying, I know the earth will never be populated if I don't give great desire. Because after great pain, you lose your desire. Come on. You ain't never been hurt by, but until you're hurt by somebody you were trying to help. Come on, somebody. And dreams have gone to sleep. But John 16 and 20 says, A woman when she is in labor has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy. For the joy. Come on, somebody. Somebody say for the joy that a human being has brought into the world. For the joy. He was speaking of his crucifixion, but I believe he was also speaking to you and I in the places in our life that we are filled with pain. We're filled with trouble. He was talking about his crucifixion. You shall weep while I hang upon the cross and the world shall rejoice. But don't you worry. The tide is going to turn and then you shall rejoice and the world shall weep. Because you will realize that the Son of Man, the Son of David, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Bread of Life, the Alpha and the Omega, the Root Spring, that He has conquered death and He has risen. So what does God say to these on the Emmaus walk? He says, hey, your dreams are about to go to sleep. Moses, you've gone to sleep on your dreams. So I'm letting the bush burn. I'm letting the bush burn burn. I'm letting the bush speak to you. I'm speaking to you today. He says, you know what I say? I've got pain, but I am not consumed. I've got problems, but I am not consumed. I've been hurt. I've had things I can't make sense out of, but I am not consumed because the desire of the cross fills my empty soul and raises me up again and says, I may be messed up, but I'm in trouble. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I may be in trouble, but I'm still called. I may be in a place where I hear chatter, but I'm still called. You see, the bush said, I'm not consumed, and neither are you, Moses. And neither are you, brothers and sisters. The Bible says once he has spoken and twice I have heard. Meaning what God says in the heavenlies has an echo in the earth. Once he has spoken and twice I have heard. Power, O Lord, belongs to you. That means if he called Abraham, Abraham, Moses, Moses, he said it twice because he meant it by covenant. When he says Danielle, Danielle. When he says summer, summer. When he says Lisa, Lisa. He is saying, once I have spoken in the heavenlies and twice it is hit in the earth. Your mission doesn't die with your pain. It doesn't die with your hurt. It doesn't die with your trouble. When the pain subsides, the Lord Jesus gives us a new desire to take that word into the kingdoms of the world and see souls won for the kingdom. Somebody give God a shout of praise. We are not consumed. I love that they did that little bit, I am not afraid, healing rain. I'm not even wanting you to do it now, but I want to say this in closing moments as we get ready in a moment for communion. I love that song. He revealed himself to them. He broke the bread. There's so many things you can preach there, but let's just stay this morning to right where we are. And we'll do that another time. Not necessary to preach everything out of the text. He broke the bread. 
Maybe they saw his hands or maybe the way he did it, we don't know. But they saw who he was and he'd been walking with him the whole time. There's a verse in Psalms 107 in the New Living Translation that has become a favorite of mine the last four, four or five years when I discovered it about four or five years ago. It says, and they, say they, will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. You might not see it in my today, but you will see it in my history, his story in me. He has been faithful. He never left me. If I made my bed in hell, he was there. If I ascended to the heavens, he was there. He was there. And you will see in my history. And you will see in your history. If you're not seen it yet, you're not there yet. But that He has been faithful. Lift one hand to the heavens. Just close your eyes for a moment. Just welcome His presence in this room. We welcome you, Lord Jesus. Every hand lifted, if you will, if you feel comfortable doing so. We love you, Lord Jesus. 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 We love you. We are not consumed. Lord Jesus, we may be in trouble and pain, chatter. Lord, we thank you that every time we think we're not going to try again, every time we say, I'm not going to try that again. Lord, how many times have I said that to you, Jesus? How many times, merciful Savior, have I said I would never help another soul because of the pain or the hurt or the burn that I received because of trying to help somebody? How many times have my own mistakes and my own failure did I say, I just, Jesus, there's no hope for me. Surely there's no plan C, D, E, or F, G, and there can't be an A. But Lord, you gave the desire back. Great desire makes, when the pain is equalized by great desire, everything changes when the pain is equalized by great desire just keep your eyes closed the spirit is speaking by great desire everything is equalized conflict yes but he still calls me trouble yes things i can't make sense of but he still called me moving along this journey with pain in my heart with trouble unanswered questions but i'm still moving i'm still moving jesus Jesus, Jesus, let your presence fill this house. As every eye is closed, let your presence fill this house. Let your presence fill this house. As every eye is closed, I usually minister differently, but I just want you to keep your eyes closed. AC is singing, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I want you to think about this. The Lord is here. He revealed himself to these two in their pain and the things that couldn't make sense. And within the hour, he had them going the right direction. Through his word this morning, maybe this small little devotional I've given, he's encouraged you in that. Maybe the voice within the voice. Maybe you've heard something that this week he's going to build on. He wants you to know he saw every tear. I'm speaking to some specific individuals right in this second. He's seen every tear, every moment of rejection. You thought no one saw, the Lord saw. 
every sorrow you thought he did not feel he saw Isaiah 53 calls him our wounded healer he was there with you he heard every cry every pain everything you can't make sense about your yesterday or today his presence is here his Holy Spirit has drawn near the Lord Almighty is among us he is mighty to save he walks through the walls of your closing this morning like he did with the disciples as your eyes are closed he he walks through that which you've shut out and says peace to you Valerie peace Gary peace Al peace Keith as he walked through those walls and appeared to those disciples after the Emmaus walk to confirm all the chatter to say this is what it was about peace I am alive I hold the keys to hell and death and the grave I am more than enough for you more than enough for you when your mother may forsake you or your dad turns away when brother or sister are not standing by you, when you feel all alone I am more than enough when you feel no one understands you guess what I understand you when you feel like no one can read your mind, guess what? I can read your mind. When you feel like the doubts and uncertainties and the thoughts are far off and the struggle within your temperament, your personality, you don't think anyone can understand, guess what? The Lord says, I understand. And guess what? He knows how to fix it. He's a skilled surgeon. He's not going to leave any of us halfway. Psalms 44 and 21, as your eyes are closed, shall not God search us out? He knows the secret places of the heart. Jesus knows how to heal the innermost. As your eyes are closed, the musicians are making their way. Pastor Todd and Pastor Hank will come with the communion elements. Just keep your eyes closed. I just want you to lift your hands right where you are and welcome him into this place. Leanne, if you'll come help sing. Come on, would you lift your hands right where you're sitting or lift your heart. We welcome you, Jesus. We welcome you into our brokenness. We welcome you to the things that cannot make sense. Come on, church, respect the moment. You know, I usually love to drive and end. We're all standing on our heads, but I know he wants to do something in the stillness of this moment, right where you are. Whatever it is right now, whatever you're unsure of, don't expect a handwriting on the wall, but expect his presence to comfort you. Expect the remedy to be himself. Right now, Lord Jesus, I worship you. I thank you that I'm not consumed. I'm like that burning bush. You can give me great desire to try again, to try that business again, to try that marriage again, maybe is what someone's saying in this room this morning. To try that financial situation again. To try to get off drugs again. To try a relationship again. To try to help someone again. Lord Jesus, let your word burn within me this morning, Lord rekindle the dream my mission is not dead my hope is not dead I can do this again Lord when you set our hearts aflame with your word God you give us the courage to try again Lord Jesus because you are the resurrection and the life thank you for appearing to your disciples here I'm glad you weren't like me proving yourself but you went to your people you went to those you loved, those who had sorrowed with you those that had ran from you and you showed your glory to them. 
and your name still lives past Hitler, Muhammad, the Beatles, every person on the planet, your name is still exalted, Jesus. Everything in my life I think you were not there for, I thank you that you were. Lord, let your tears cover my tears. Let your healing cover my pain. Let your understanding drive out my confusion today. Make sense of what I cannot make sense of in this house today. If you stand all over this place to your feet, we're getting ready to take communion. We just have two trays. Okay, so. Can you stand or do you need Pastor Doug?